we get so caught up in our everyday experience of life and we, we cry out to God and we ask God for answers. But I say to you today, do you really want to hear from God? Do you really, really, really want to hear from God? We all say that, oh Lord, I want to hear, I want to hear your voice and speak to one another. Boy, I'd be so happy to hear from God to give me direction to tell me where to go. But do we really want to hear from God? And then the next question is, what will you do after you hear from God? What will you do after you hear from him? And you're not going to hear from God unless you really, really, really want it. It's so commonplace for us to say in conversation, like I said, I want to hear from God. But you won't hear from him unless you really, really, really deep down inside want it. And I'm not saying it's an option. If you're a child of God, it's not an option to hear from God. You need to hear from God. I'm not saying that it would be a nice thing to hear from God. Oh, it would be sure great to hear from God when I decide to do this. It would be sure it'd be great. It's not an option. You need to hear from God. It's a necessity. God will not tell you about his plans for your life. Also, he will not tell you about his plans for your life if he knows you're going to debate it. Amen? If you're going to say, well, okay, that sounds good, but, you know, God doesn't tell you what he, he can put you on earth to do, what he put you on earth to do, when he knows that you're going to wind up saying, well, Lord, let me think about it. Okay? All right? When you go before God and you're saying, Lord, I want to hear from you, this is not a deal that you're making when you go to a used car lot. And you want to bargain, okay? You're not going before God and saying, well, okay, Lord, depending on what you tell me, I may listen. I may do, okay? Do you really want to hear from God? It just doesn't work that way. It's got to be a necessity. You've got to say, God, I've got to know why I'm here. You've got to say, Lord, I want to know. I've got to know what you want me to do with my life. Stop and think about it. You know, we get caught up so much in our everyday experience, the day-to-day, but do you ever stop and think, Lord, what do you really want me to do with my life? You ever sit down on a Sunday, I mean, especially when I was working in a secular job, I mean, get down on Sunday night and Monday morning, okay, here we go again. I see many of you nodding because you've been there. Here we go again, Monday morning. The same old stuff. Got John Jones going to be coming against me. Got Mary Smith as she, boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know, there's only a rocket to the moon, you know. Lord, why am I really here? It seems oh so useless. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Lord, I've got to hear your voice. I've got to have your vision, Lord, for my life. We cry out so many times. But the secret things of God, the things for your life, those secret things belong to God, but will be revealed to you. Let's go to the Word of God. Okay? These are one of those scriptures that you may want to underline if you don't already have it underlined in your Bible, so that when you come back to it, okay, or when your a day goes by and all of a sudden you're starting to think again, Lord, what's it all about? Deuteronomy 29. Okay? Lord, what's it all about? Why am I here? What's the purpose? You know, many times we all know that we've all felt there must be a deeper meaning for this. You know, I'm not here just to get up and eat and go to work and go to school or whatever and, you know, celebrate the holidays. And if you notice, you know, Christmas came and went. 
We're on the way to May 30th and the 4th of July. Next thing you know, Christmas will be here again. What's it all about, Lord, this vicious cycle? Still paying the credit card bills, but here we go. <laughs> Look, we got Christmas coming up again. It's got to be a better way. So Deuteronomy 29, verse 29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Please underline that part that says, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children. You see? So what God reveals to you not only belongs to you, but it belongs to your children. Well, I don't have any children. What's in God's eyes? What's in God's plan for your life? There may be children one day in your life. And just remember that those secret things belong to him or her as God reveals them. We see in Jeremiah 33, let's go to Jeremiah, book of Jeremiah. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Jeremiah 33. Thank you, Jesus. 33, and we're just going to look at verse 1, starting with verse 1, 1 through 3. Jeremiah 33. Praise the living God. Lord, I've got to know your voice. I've got to hear you. I've got to know what my life is all about. But do you really, 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 really want to know? And then what are you going to do about it? But here in Jeremiah 33, verse number 1, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Please underline verse number three. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou, know, which thou knowest not. Never stop and think that God knows something about your life, that something that is about to come, something that is so wondrous. But he says to call unto me and he says I will answer. God never says to do anything that he will not do. So then, so what's the answer here then? The answer is that what do I need to do? I need to call on God. And he will answer you. And the things that he's going to show you will be, what does it say? Mighty things, which you know it's not. So while there are things going on in your life that you're questioning right now that you don't have answers to, while there are things that seem uncertain or where you look into the future and you say, well, I know what I'm going to do next week and next, maybe the week after, maybe I know next month, but Lord, what does, what does next year look like? What does five years look like? Lord, I'm in this particular job, or I'm in this particular school, I'm in this particular house. Lord, I wonder this, I wonder. But Lord, what, what is there? What's the purpose? Why? God says, call upon me and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things which you don't know yet. Okay? So God knows what you don't know. And God wants you to call out because he will reveal things to you. We see here that spiritual things were revealed, uh, spiritual things are indeed revealed by God. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Everything with our lives as Christians are, are in the spirit realm. 
Well, that, well, actually, everything that is in existence is in the spiritual realm. That's where it all began from, and that's where it exists. And everything that's really, really, uh, even physical, uh, came from the spiritual realm. So we have to realize that that's where God is, and God is indeed the source of everything that we are and everything that we have. Okay? All right? But the spiritual things in our lives, the things that really, really matter, which are spiritual. You, you know, if, if you need a new car, if you need a new house, it starts with the spirit realm. Okay? You may say, well, I've got to find a real estate agent. I've got to figure out which car dealership I want to go to. It starts in the spiritual. Because what you should be doing right away is saying, okay, Lord, I need a real estate agent. Who should it be? It starts in the spiritual. Okay? I'm going to just pause just for a moment to share with you. The things that I talk about from this pulpit are not just little stuff that I dream up, but it starts in the spiritual. My wife and I were looking for this last house to build, and we didn't know where to start. All of a sudden, this agent's name came to both of our minds, and we started talking about her for about a week or two, and, yeah, maybe we should call her, maybe we should call her, maybe we should call her, and not really doing anything, but it kept coming up in our spirits. And then um, one day, out of the blue, my wife got a call on her cell phone from this individual, and there was a message there that she had called, or at least there was her phone number there that she had called, and we had missed, she had missed the call, but the number appeared. So he picked up the phone and called her. Hi, long time no see, long time no talk. It had been, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Long time. And she said, what, you called or whatever? And she said to Tanya, I didn't call you. And said, well, I've got your phone number here on my phone. I saw it with her name. I didn't call you. She said, well, there was, your number appeared on my phone there, and you must have reached out to me. She said, no, but we went on to talk about what it was we wanted to go and see. And we said, well, maybe we'd better connect. She said, well, all right, I'll do the, I'm curious now. Let me check around the office to see if anyone called. Anyone called you? When we finally connected with her a few days later, whatever it was, she said, I checked all over. No one placed a call to your house. No one. This is the God's honest truth. Okay? But her number was on my wife's phone. Okay? It wasn't a mistake. You know, because we didn't even have her number. We had to, if we were going to call, we would have had to look for it. It had been such a long time, you see. So what I'm saying to you, and of course, after getting with her and everything, the rest of it is history. Things just fell into place. Boom, 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 boom. Made the connection and boom, new house, etc., etc. Amen? No problems. But it starts in the spiritual realm. That's what I'm saying to you. So whether you're buying a car, buying a house, looking for a job, whatever it may be, it starts in the spiritual realm. It will manifest itself in the natural, it will manifest itself in the real world, but it starts in the spiritual realm. Okay? And we are children of God. We are spiritual beings. We accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Word of God says you're adopted into God's family. So that means you're one of His children. Okay? So why do we get up and we run and we toil and we struggle to make things happen in our lives and forget that Father God is there and that there's a spiritual connection to Him that knows, to Him that has the ability to show us things that we do not yet know. But all we got to do is simply call out to Him and simply follow Him. All right? And the thing that I mentioned about the phone now, I'm telling you, our lives have been just filled with weird things, quote-unquote, like that. Just happening. Okay? Stuck in a snowstorm, and the snow drifts, piled up 
had a little small car at the time and the snow was up to here where I had to shovel to get into the car door into his side Brandon because he remembers his time got inside the car and I'm, I turned it on I look around I said boy how am I going to dig all of this snow and I looked behind the car and I mean it's literally up to the back fender bumper there it was sitting in there and this guy walks I see the shadow walk of a guy walks up and he has on a blue pea coat and a wool wool or one of those like ski hats rolled up with a shovel and he says you need help and I said yeah okay I'll help you and he started shoveling stuff. in the meantime I got back in the car closed it and turned on the heater to warm up the windshield and all that kind of thing there and over like that and get comfortable and I don't know how much time went by but after a while I said oh well okay got all the ice off as much as I can and so I got out I could open the door more easily and there was a path uh, uh, um, shoveled out behind me it was shoveled out where I could could back out now and everything and I said gee I should offer the, to give this gentleman a couple of bucks to show my appreciation. I went around and I looked and he was gone. He was gone. No footprints in the snow. He was gone. My wife will tell you that as surely as I stand here. He was gone. Alright? So these are the kind of things that happen. You know, people say, oh, that's twilight. So, no, it's not twilight. No, it's God. It's God. You're living a godly life and you're looking to God every single step of the way to help you. He will be there. You will hear from God. He will show you signs and wonders. He will let things happen to you that will just, you know, beyond your wildest dreams. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. We see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse uh, number 9, starting with, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Highlight all of that or put a bracket around it. It is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither I have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I has not seen, I could never foresee that this guy would show up to, to shovel me out. Amen. Ear heard, I never would have dreamed of or thought of or heard anything about the possibility of someone showing up to, to uh, shovel me out and then miraculously disappear. Okay, but for those that love him. You don't know. You think the things that you're wrestling with right now are beyond your, your handling, are beyond your, your, your dealing? You, you don't have the faintest idea of what God is doing. You don't know. All right? But the fact remains is, do you love Him? And do you trust Him? And do you really, 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 really want to hear from Him? Do you really, really, really want to communicate with Him? Oh, Lord God, I want to serve you, Lord God. I want to... To move in ministry. I want to know what my ministry is for you, Lord God. Lord, 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 Lord I, I just got to know. I got to know. I got to know. But do you really, really want to, are, are you telling God, Lord, I surrender to you, Lord. I raise my hands to you, Lord, and I surrender to you, Lord. I want to know. Take me where you will. Do what you will with my life. Are you really, really, really willing to do that? Not with a condition. Okay? Lord, I need a pair of shoes. Need a pair of shoes, but, but, but Lord God, um, it, it's got to be fine Italian leather. It's got to be real soft when I touch it like this. Okay, it's got to be that shade of black, not deep, deep black, but it's got to be the special shade of black. You will go to, 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 to seeking God and asking for God with conditions already in your heart and in your mind. Or are you going to God, God, this is what I want to know. God knows you need money to do things. God knows you need rent and mortgage and food and so on. God knows that. But are you going to him and say, Lord God, just simply guide me. 
to simply guide me. But it, it, as it is written, I have not seen, I have not nor heard, never have neither entered into our, the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows, what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Everyone here that knows you, they see you, you speak to them, you give them a hug when you come to church, you give them a hug when you say goodbye and so forth. We, 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 we've uh, we fellowshiped together uh, during our Christmas our little functions. We've done things together. We've done this, okay? And, and, and we know each other. We know each other. Some we know better than others, but we know each other. But the, deeper, but the bottom line is, the deep things of you... Only you know. The deep things, the real deep things of your personality, of your thoughts, of your feelings, of your likes, of your dislikes. Only you know. Okay? No other man can know that. Unless you choose to reveal them. But I don't care how close you are with your husband, with your wife, your brother, or your sister. They're, 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 I mean, there are some things about you you may have even forgotten. Amen? But nobody knows you except your spirit. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? So, so it is with the things of God. No one knows the things of God but the spirit of God. Amen? So you can't go telling God what to do. Amen? Amen. Or you can't go jumping ahead and thinking what God's going to do. Amen? Oh boy. Well, if, if I tithe... Um, if I stand on my foot, my right foot, and jump around, turn around three times, if I say so many Hail Marys, if I do this, if I do that, then God's going to do that. Well, you don't know what God's going to do. Or you don't think that by doing certain things that that's going to move God to do what you want Him to do. No one knows God but the Spirit of God. Okay? And the only way you can come to know God is through His Spirit. And what his spirit chooses to reveal to you. Amen? But we also know by the word of God, though, that God wants to reveal things to you. So then, if I want things revealed to me, I need to know the deeper things of my life, then it means I've got to connect with God, but I've got to connect with his spirit. Right? If we're too busy running and doing other things, then we're missing the opportunity to connect with the Spirit, possibly. Amen. Verse 12. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Freely given. Which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Amen? We're not looking here to, 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 to go by man's wisdom and by man's teachings. You go by man's wisdom and man's teachings, you, 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 will never, you will never succeed and excel in the deep spiritual things because the teachings of man and the wisdom of man is not aligned with God. Amen? It's not aligned with God. Amen? Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So the things that you need to do is comparing, not man's knowledge with, with spiritual, but spiritual things with spiritual things. The only way you can compare them things is through Holy Spirit. It's through your communion and connection with the Holy Spirit. Which means that, guess what? You've got to kick it up a notch. 
You got to kick it up a notch. You got to stop living down on this earthly plane. You got to stop living down here where on paper things don't add up. Where on paper I don't see how this is going to happen. Where I'm, 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 I'm looking for this house but I don't see one with the money that I have or the location that I have. I, I just don't see how it's going to happen. With the things that are going on in my family and around me and in my life, I just don't see how, I don't understand how, because this is what is in front of me. This is what I can tangibly touch. We don't compare those things. We, we compare spiritual with the spiritual. Okay? What does the spiritual tell us? God just said that I shall show you things that you know not. So that means that, is it possible, God, that there's something that you know that I don't know? <laughs> Hey, is it possible? Gee whiz, what a novel thought. God may know something that I don't know. Okay? Verse 14 says, But the spiritual, let me read 13 and run, then flow into 14. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the natural man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I had somebody dig me out of my car in a snowstorm, and I couldn't find him. Ha, 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 what an idiot. You did what? Oh, yeah. What was he and his wife smoking? Okay? Oh, yeah, sure. Foolishness to man. I say this to the majority of you, and most, many of you sat here right now, and you're, and you're nodding. It wasn't weird, wasn't strange. Maybe you hadn't heard the, the account before, but it didn't seem too far-fetched. Because you know that God is God is God is God. You see? So to the Spirit-filled people, I can tell you these things all day long. And you may say, wow, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But you're not thinking, you're my, oh my God, he's, he's on drugs. Okay? He's been in the communion wine. <laughs> Amen? 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 Okay, okay. So, 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 so to the man, to, to the worldly man, that person cannot understand the spiritual things of God. And that's what we've got to get out because many times we constrain and hold back ourselves because we stop and think, well, it's impossible for my car to get dug out of the snow. You know? Or it's impossible for me to find a house without a real estate agent. Where do I start? It's impossible. You see? So as long as you're there, as long as you keep yourself there, because that's who's doing it, you're keeping yourself there. God is not holding you there. So as long as you're keeping yourself there, that's where you're going to be. Okay? So do you really, 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 do you really, really want to hear from God? The spiritual man receives not the things of the Spirit. It goes on to verse 15 and says, But he that is spiritual... Judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Amen? So the spiritual things belong to and are revealed by God. Alright? God speaks to us through his word. Let's go to Deuteronomy 11. Oh, praise the living God. God is so good. I think this is the time. I think this is the time where 
you have an opportunity to, to move to a new place. I think this is a time where you have an opportunity to go from where you used to be to where God wants you to be. I think this is a time where you can choose to throw off the blinders and throw off what makes sense to you, if you follow what I'm saying. Put aside what you calculate in your finite mind as what makes sense to me and what I've always known and what someone always told me or what they always taught me. Okay? Because what we're talking about here today transcends man's wisdom and man's teaching. This is the word of God. And it's time for you to say that I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of wondering. I'm tired of being uncertain. But let me go to the source. Let me go to the source. Amen? Amen? Because God speaks to us if you really, 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 really want to hear him. Chapter 11, we've got a lot here, so we're going to go through here and, and unpack it. But chapter 11, verse number 1. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And know you this day, for I speak not with your children. I speak not with your children. I speak not with your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm. His miracles and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt, unto his horses and to their chariots. How he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you. How the Lord has destroyed them unto this day. For what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came into this place. And what he did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben. How the earth opened, opened up her mouth and swallowed them up and their households and their tents and all the substance that was in their possessions in the midst of Israel. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Now I'm just going to pause there. He's reminding Israel of all the things that they've seen. Now I'm saying to you this day, for you to stop and think back. Everyone sitting in this sanctuary with the children being out in children's church is above the age of six, I think. <laughs> I'm saying to you that if you look back over your life, the many times that you've had difficulties, the many times that you struggled with something, the many times where you had, had, had issues and worries, you stop and think back how God brought you out of that. How, how small, how minimal it may have seemed. At the time, something in your life happened that just seemed impossible for you to overcome. Or something you were wanting, something you were praying for, and, God, and, and, and you received it. That was God. So you think back about that, okay? And don't count them as being little write-offs. Oh, that was nothing, that was nothing. I guarantee you, if you still remember it to this day, if you still remember it right now, then that means that that was something significant enough for you to remember. So therefore, at the time that it was troublesome to you, it was no, it was no a, a small thing. It was a big deal. It was something that was important. And the same way God is reminding Israel, this is what I did, this is what you witnessed me do. That's what, remember that that's what God did for you. Huh? My wife and I did it, and I, I say to young people when you're just starting out to take pictures of your first apartment, your first house, take pictures, look how it was decorated and so forth like that. Then as you move on in life and as God blesses you and you take more, you take more pictures, 
One day, 30 years from now, you look back at your first place and you say, boy, that was our taste. Boy, we only had this, we only had that. You know? You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We only had one room. Wow. As they see people in agreement, okay? You look back. You look at what you had and how God has just carried you and promoted you and grew you over the years. Don't forget the wonderful things that God has done. Okay, you know, you know, and, and, and maybe even sometimes it may, may not have been a, 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 a material thing that happened in your life, a thing that came into your life. But think about the difficulty or the scrapes that you got out of. But something was going on in your life that God brought you through. Okay? Verse number 7, but your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Therefore, verse 8, ver- therefore shall you keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land, whither you go to possess it, and that you may prolong your days in the land, underline, that you may prolong your days in the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed, a land that flows with milk and honey. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not the land of Egypt where, where you came out, where thou sowed thy seed and watered it with the, thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go to possess is a land of hills and valleys and drinking water, uh, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven, and a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of, your, uh, the, beginning, uh, of the year, even until the end of the year. And I say to you, he's speaking about a promised land here. I say to you that you have a promised land. We all have promised lands. The thing about it is that we also all will go through a wilderness. We go through times in our lives which are difficult, which are challenging. That is a wilderness. The times where everything just seems to be going so wrong. That is your wilderness. If you're struggling with something right now, something you're wrestling with, that is your wilderness. But what did God just get through telling Israel? Look what I showed to you while you were there. Look what I did for you. And you've got a promised land yet to come. There's a place that God is going to have you be. That promised land is something that will be in the form of accomplishment. It will be in the form of, 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 of maybe something that you're praying for. It will be in the form of something great or something, or something dealing with people. It's a situation that you've been hoping for that for right now has really been tearing at your heart. Because you're in a wilderness. Because you were there in a wilderness. But God is showing you bit by bit, bit by bit. He's showing you signs that he's there. He's bringing you day by day by day, giving you a little more strength, giving you a little more hope, letting you know that he's not deserting you. But there is that promised land. That promised land is the fullness, it's the fruition of whatever that thing is that you're praying and you're hoping for. Be it an object, be it, be, be it, a, be it a position, be, be, it, be it something in someone else's life, be it something that's going on in your life, something dealing with people that are around you, whatever that thing is that has your heart now that, that, that is tight like this. And you're trying every bit to hang on. You're trying to believe and you're fighting and you're trusting God. But God is going to bring you to that promised land where you will look back and you will see, yes, I saw God. Now I know what he did. See? And Holy Spirit will reveal to you many times, not all the time, you may not know some things God has done until years down the line. But many times, Holy Spirit will bring back to your, to, to your memory. Remember on Friday? Remember last Wednesday? Do you remember when so-and-so came into the room and said, you remember this, you remember, you remember? That's when you'll start putting two and two together and you'll see that God was there. That God was instrumental in bringing this thing to pass. Amen? 
And the same way Israel told that, told, the same way God told Israel that you have this place to go, milk, land of milk and honey, you've got a land with milk and honey. Whatever that thing is that you're praying for now, that you're hoping for, God's going to get you there. He goes on to say in verse number 13, And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, if you shall diligently hearken to my commandments, if you love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, can you really serve God with all your heart and with all your soul? Can you really surrender to God? And really, 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 really say to God, God, you're the one that's important to me. I don't care what Aunt Tilly tells me or my cousin Mabel. All of them who want me to believe this, who want me to do this, who want me to do that. Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, you are the only one that can set me free. Can set me free from this weight that I'm carrying on my back. Set me free from this worry that I have. Set me free from prognosticating and thinking into the future that so and so is going to go wrong. That this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Lord, only you, only you. And Lord, I love you for that. I surrender to you. I raise my hands, Lord God, and I bless thy most holy name in the name of Jesus. To get to that point that you love God so much and you're seeking Him diligently, you'll start seeing a change. You'll start feeling the weight on your back being lifted. Verse 14 says, That I will give you the rain of your land in its due season. Underline due season. That I will give you the rain of your land in its due season. The first rain and the latter rain that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. Everything's in God's season. The other thing you've got to do is when you say you want to hear from God, you can't be saying, Lord, it is now, you know, 1233. I want to hear from you by 1240. Amen? I've got to go get gas. I've got to get downtown. So, Lord, I've got to be out the door by 1245. So I need to hear from you, Lord, by 1240. But I'm listening, Lord. I'm relying on you, Lord. I'm not rushing you, Lord. <laughs> All right? All right? It's in his due season, okay? And, and, and the reason that we need to resign ourselves to the fact that it's in his due season, because then what is that also showing? When you're willing to back away from God, I need it, I need it by 1240, and saying in your due season, Lord, that means that you're trusting him. That means that you're really trusting him. If you know that something, you have to be downtown by 1 o'clock, and you know the only way that you're going to make it, you think, is by being on that 1240 bus, and you're praying to God, and you're saying, but Lord God, I'm not going to leave until you answer me, and I'll trust you. And if you're thinking, oh boy, it's almost 1240, I'm not going to get there by 1, that means you're not trusting on God. If you're trusting on God, in his, and you know it's in His due season, God will get you down there by 1 o'clock. A few things can happen with God. God will get you down there by 1 o'clock. He puts you in a different time zone where it's, not, where it's 12 o'clock, amen, or you'll have the appointment changed to 1.30. Whatever it is, God will do it. But to demand that things are done in your season, it's showing that you're not trusting God. You're not surrendering to Him. Because you think that your season of time, you think that when you want to get something done, is better than God's. You know more than God. Maybe God doesn't want you on that 12.40 bus. Maybe God knows that when that 1240 bus crosses Main Street, a tractor-trailer truck is going to smash into it. 
Horrible accident. People killed. Maybe God doesn't want you on that 1240 bus. Maybe God does not want you in that position when he wants you. Maybe God doesn't want you in that house that you want. Maybe God doesn't want, doesn't want, doesn't want. Okay? But you don't know that. So if you don't know that, then how am I supposed to be content? Lord, I only know what I know now. Trust me. Trust me, believing that what he knows is better for you. Verse number 16. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Underline that. Take heed to yourselves, watch it, that your heart is not deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Oh, Pastor, I don't have any, any uh, little, uh, what do you call it, idols in my house. I don't have them little things you put on your dashboard, them little bobblehead things or whatever they are. You know, I don't, I, gee, I, I don't have this thing where I can't leave the house unless I hang this chain around my neck. Oh, boy, I got to go back in. I left my lucky key thing. Okay? Oh, gee, I can't go to church today. I've got this beautiful 1957 car that I just restored. And the guy told me he'll have that part that I've been looking for. He's going to bring it to the house at 10 o'clock today and it's Sunday. I got to be there to get this part. I've been all over the country. Can't find it. I'm not going to go to church or be here to get that part for that car. Guess what? That car is your idol. You're putting that before God. That very same Sunday, that very same service that you are, are agreeing to yourself to miss, to take care of that idol, could be the Sunday where there's an anointing service. There's a special prayer service. The Lord has a prophecy for you. The Lord wants to minister to you. The very sermon that's being preached is something that you really, really need to hear. You see? But no, but you miss it to put that idol of a car first. Okay? And don't think that the devil doesn't know what's going on in your life. Don't think that the devil doesn't know how important these things are to you. Because he always make those things, or in the form of people sometimes, pop up to keep you away from being blessed by his word. Make up your mind. Make up your mind to put God first. If you need that part for that card, and what about praying to the Lord, praying to the Lord, Lord, let me be able to find that part. I really like this car. I don't love it. I really like this car. I'm trying to rebuild it. I need this part. Where could I find it? And let God find it for, him, for you on his time, instead of you impeding on his time. Say, heed to yourselves that you not be deceived, and turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven. That there be no rain, and that the the land yield not her fruit, unless you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Therefore, verse 18, therefore shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Teach them to your children. So if you don't have children, one day you might have children. Teach them. Teach them. Amen? Verse 20. And thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and that the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them, as the days of heaven uh, upon the earth. For if you shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him, underline, to cleave unto him. What cleave means? Cleave means to, to hang on to dearly. 
If you cleave unto him, then, underline then, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Underline that too. Then shall the Lord drive out those nations that are before you. Well, I don't have any nations in front of me. You know, I don't have Iran in front of me or so-and-so in front of me. Right? Drive those nations from before you. Anything that is hindering you, anyone that is hindering you, any situation that is challenging you in the form of people, objects, or whatever is standing before you and hindering you from getting to your promised land is what you can consider a nation that is before you, that is hindering you. And what God is saying is that he shall remove those obstacles. So remove those things that would be standing in your way from getting you into your promised land, from getting you to where God wants you to be. Okay? All right? All right? And you stop and think about what could some of those nations be. Well, you stop and think about something that you're really praying about and hoping for and praying for. And all of a sudden, these forces and circumstances just pop up, you know, to like steal your joy or to make you think that you're not going to succeed or that you're not going to get to where God wants you to be. That's a nation that is standing before you. And if you will, that's a nation of demonic forces that is standing before you to try and hinder you to get your eyes off of where God wants you to be. But God is saying that he can remove that. He can remove it. He can remove it. He goes on to say that... Uh, um, Verse 24, every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. Oh, I love that. Every place wherein the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness in Lebanon, from the river, the, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall your coast be. There shall no man be able to stand before you. Underline that. There shall be no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon, as he has said unto you. In other words, that saying, people will say, uh-uh, don't mess with him. Don't mess with her. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what he's doing, boy, but I know so-and-so tried coming against her. And boy, she didn't lift a finger. But all of a sudden, he was gone. He's not in such and such an office. No, he's gone. He didn't live down the street anymore. No, he's gone. Right? That situation that was there. Well, the bank, I called up and the bank said that I wasn't getting the loan or whatever. Oh, we don't have record of that. You got the loan. What are you talking about? I don't. Huh? Okay. You wind up getting a reputation, if you will, that you are one of God's children. They may not even realize that you are one of God's children. But people will see that the way you conduct yourself, the way you carry yourself, the things that happen around you, that people will say, well, gee whiz, you know, instead of just, you know, throwing that wood over the fence onto her property, you know, maybe I better go knock on the door and say, you know, I got this wood that I think is yours. Instead of throwing it on the fence, I'm going to give it to you. Because they know better than to mess with you. They know better than to treat you unfairly. 
Okay? All right, all right. It, 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 it says that upon all the land... Let me go back here. It says, There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon, as he has said upon... Now, don't go getting yourself puffed up, by the way, here I should just say. Don't get yourself all puffed up thinking, now, because I'm a child of God, I'm just going to go out and start doing this and that, and nobody's going to mess with me. I mean, that's being foolish. The Word of God talks repeatedly about humility. This is for you to know. This is God saying to you that I'm with you. No one's going to be in your way. I'm going to move them out of the way. And people that may be thinking about doing things to you, to hinder you, to keep you from getting into your promised land, they'll be thinking twice about it. Okay? They may not even realize in their own minds why they shouldn't do it, but they will think twice about even doing it. Okay? All right? Verse number 26. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Underline that. A blessing um, I set before you this day. So this day, Sunday, March 11th, you've got laid before you a blessing and a curse. Just think about it. Why is it laid before you? Because you've become aware of it. You may have read these scriptures many, many times ago, many, many times before, but now it's being discussed and now you are being told that these are the words of God. Not my words, but the words of God. So behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. And it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God has brought thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Are they not on the other side, Jordan, by the way where the sun goeth down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwell in the, in the champagne uh, over against Gilgal beside the plains of Moray? For you shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord thy God giveth you, and you shall possess it and dwell therein. And you shall observe to do all the statutes and judgments which I set before you this day. Okay? So you see there that God is speaking to you from his word even today, and he's saying that there is a promised land that you're going to be, to be uh, to going into. And real quickly here we want to go to Isaiah 55. Okay, because now we've read a whole lot of God's word and what he said about blessing and cursing and where he's saying that you're going to be, how your life can change if you, if you start believing and doing what God is calling you to do. That's why I say, do you really, really, really want to hear from God? I, uh, Isaiah 55 and then verse number 6. Isaiah 55, verse number 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. Return unto the Lord, return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Then he just pause this moment. It's easy for us to kind of stray away from God. It doesn't mean that we've denounced Jesus. It doesn't mean that we've given up on Jesus, you know, that we've talked down his name or we've just given up on God. But sometimes, sometimes we can just kind of uh, 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 drift away. Sometimes we can just get a little bit slack in what we're doing. 
God is saying if you return to him you know one of the one of the one of the most wonderful um, scriptures that I love is where um, is the, um, the the prodigal son you may remember where he had drifted away he had gone off into sin and was partying and all of this sort of thing like that and had an inheritance and he spent all of his money and blew it all and then finally he decided to come back home to his father Many people would have thought, oh gee whiz, I dare not go back there. Dad's going to be mad at me. I squandered all this money. I lived a sinful life and this and that. But the word of God says that the father, when he heard he was coming back, told his staff to prepare the fatted calf. Make a big meal. We're going to have a celebration. We're going to have a feast. And when he saw his son coming down the road, there the father was with his arms open and greeted him. And greeted him. And the word of God says that he fell on his neck and kissed him. So he hugged him and embraced him. You know? One of those moving parts of the, of the, the funeral of the uh, Billy Graham um, homegoing, parts of the homegoing ceremony for Billy Graham was uh, one of his daughters who had gone astray there and had, had lived a life that was, you know, not right and so on like that and several divorces or whatever and uh, he came, she decided I'm going to go back home and she was broken and one thing that she remembered was that they said that Billy Graham and Shannon lived on the side of a mountain that as she drove up the winding road and got out of the car there her father was there was Billy Graham with his arms open and he said that he hugged me and kissed me and said welcome home you know and when she said that it really touched me in my spirit because it made me think of the prodigal son you know and Billy Graham being a man of God he was living like God and said regardless of what she did I love her and said welcome home so if we stray away and we do sometimes God is saying to you even today welcome home come on back God is such a loving God, he never wants you to stay out in the cold. He's welcoming you back. So if you really, 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 really want to hear from God, you've got to understand where God is coming from and get into his heart and get into his mind because he really loves you. Okay? Uh, and he will abundant. Verse number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than yours than your thoughts. For as the, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Underline and highlight all of this. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish, it shall bring to pass, it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Okay? So just remember that God's word cannot return to him void. It's not going to turn uh, 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 empty, but it shall accomplish that which I please, that which God pleases, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So if you're praying to God about something and God is going to make his word come not return to him void but is saying that it shall accomplish it shall accomplish what he wants where he is sending it and that's towards you so that means whatever God is wanting for you it certainly is going to be a good thing because he's not going to want something for you that is not good for you he's not going to want that not at all God loves you so much and he's not looking at where you've been. If, if, if starting today, if starting here at 1249 or so that you're making up your mind that Lord God I'm going to come back to you. Lord God I slipped and I stumbled and I did this. God is standing before you right now with open arms and he's welcoming you back and you shall see a change in your life. 
If you can just remember to just continue trusting Him. Just remember to continue trusting Him. If you really, really, really want to hear from God. Okay? The, the, the uh, uh, King David wrote in, in Psalm 40, verse 8, My God, I want to do what you want. David was passionate in his declaration that he wanted to do what God wanted him to do, that he wanted to honor him. Being obedient and following God were not options for David. It was the only thing David wanted to do. And we know that David slipped and stumbled with Bathsheba and everything, and he repented of that, and he became a mighty, mighty person in the, in the uh, word of God. When you get that determined, that's when you're going to hear from God. When you get that determined, that God is not an option. I need to hear from you. I need you to guide me. A lot of people talk to God, but a lot of people never hear from God. A lot of people talk to God and they hear from God or they hear the voice of self and they think it's God. So when you're speaking to God and you're asking God to speak to you, make sure that you've made up your mind that you're going to do what God wants you to do. And you're not hearing self and thinking, that this is what God is telling me to do. Make sure that it's God. Okay? For many people, prayer is a monologue. It's not a two-way street where you're praying and you're listening to God. You're saying, God, I want to hear you. I want to hear your voice. Then don't let it be a monologue. You just can't go in and say, God, da 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 whatever it is, da, da, da. I need, I need, I need. Okay, got to catch that bus. It's a conversation. Prayer is one of the most wonderful things that God has blessed mankind with, the ability to talk and to hear from God, talk to and hear from God. What if a man talks to his wife, but she never talks to him, or vice versa? That's not a relationship. You can't have a one-way conversation with somebody. It's not a conversation. You've got to have two-way. It's just as important as talking to God in prayer and listening to God in prayer. And people are thinking, oh, that happens. Huh? <laughs> praise God. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, it's been right a long time. I hear what you're saying. You've got to work on it. You've got to listen. You've got to listen. Amen. 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 Okay, Deuteronomy 4, 29 to 31, and we won't go there right now, but it says that you've got to seek God with all your heart and with all your soul. Okay, uh, maybe we'll go there in, in a few minutes here. Feeling like I don't want to shortchange this here. Deuteronomy 4. Praise the living God. Deuteronomy 4. Deuteronomy 4, verse 29. Okay. Here he's telling Israel what to do and so forth. Uh, you know, lessons and things uh, to observe. But uh, verse number 29, he says, uh, But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God... Thou shalt find him. If thou shalt seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Okay? That's the key there. Please highlight or underline all of verse 29. Okay? If thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, you shall find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you. Neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of the fathers which he sware unto them. So this is basically saying that if you seek God with all your soul, okay, all your heart and with all your soul that you should find. In verse 30, when you're in tribulation, all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days. If you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient to his voice. So when you're going through a difficult time, especially, that's when you should be seeking God with all your heart and with all your soul. 
Okay? That doesn't mean that you're half-stepping. Okay, Lord, I'm seeking you, but I've got 15 minutes. You know? You know, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about this, you know, but so I just would be cool if I could talk to you for a few minutes, but hurry up, Lord. Okay? No, no, no. no. I need to seek you with all your heart and with all your mind. If that thing that is bugging you, that thing that is troubling you, the thing that you're thinking about and worrying about is, means that much to you, you, you shall take time and cry out to God for him to help you. The key to hearing God speak and getting his vision for your life is this. Is understanding that God wants to meet with you. Understand that God wants to meet with you. You need to realize that you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. God's always there, you know. Like you heard me say so many times, you ever watch a kid, a little toddler doing something, you know, and you're wanting that toddler to learn and you're saying, and, and they're kind of stumbling around and they start getting into danger or doing something wrong, and you're kind of hoping that that child will turn and come back to you and turn to you for help. You're kind of sitting there waiting, you know. Sometimes the toddler will surprise you and turn around for help, and you go, thank God he didn't fall off the roof, you know. You know, thank God, not that serious, you know. But you know all of us that have had kids around us, you kind of, when is that child going to come back to me for help? Well, that's what God is doing. God is waiting on you. God made you to have a relationship with him. Understand that and believe it. God created you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to spend time with him on a daily basis. He wants you to schedule a date with him every day. You know, how many here have done a date night? Ever do a date night with someone? Especially when you're first courting. The guys show up late? I don't think so. You know, did the girl not have the rollers out of her hair in time? <laughs> All the cold cream off and everything? I bet you were ready. Okay, I bet you were ready. Okay, running around, trying to iron that dress or whatever, you know. Well, people don't iron these days, but anyway, trying to get things ready, you know. Yeah, you, you know, and, get ready. And, and that was date night. That was a special time for you, you know, and then you got ready for it. Thirty years later, those date nights got further and further apart. No, don't let it be that way with God, okay? Keep those date nights going. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Make time to be quiet with Him. God isn't going to speak to you if there's a bunch of noise that's going on in your life, all right? If there's a bunch of noise, you, won't, you can't hear His voice. Matthew 6, 5 day, Jesus said to find a quiet, secluded place. That's where it talks about your prayer closet and so on like that. Find a place that you can, you can go to to pray to God, to really speak with Him. All right? Getting alone in a quiet place is kind of challenging today because with all that's going on, but make some time to get to a quiet place. You can find time alone if you are that determined. Make time to be quiet and, and meet with God. Open your eyes to God's vision. The Bible is filled with hundreds of people with uh, God's vision, who have received visions. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Hosea, and so on. And ask God a specific question. This is why sometimes when, when, some, when some of you um, ask me for a prayer request or write something out as a prayer request, uh, if, if I have the opportunity, if you're still in front of me, or if I can text back to you, I will say to you, what was the person's name? What's the circumstances? Because when I go before God, I know from the Word of God for what He's taught me to be specific. Okay, not that God doesn't know, but God wants to make sure and know that you are focusing your prayer request, that you're bringing a prayer to God. You know, you don't only go to God and say, I mean, if you don't know the guy next door, you don't know his name, that you can say, you know, the guy next door. But if you know the person next door, you know his name, call him by name that you're praying for. Go to God with, with some specificity in your prayer, you know. If, 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 and then, then you ask God, God, is there anything that you want to say to me? 
asking God after your praise anything that you want to say to me and then you wait then you wait Give time, give God some time to answer you back. In James 1, 2, 2, uh, 2 to 8, uh, uh, it says that there he wants you to be specific and without wavering. Matter of fact, let's just go there real quickly. James 2, James 1, I'm sorry. Because this is important. James 1, we're winding down here. James 1 and we're going to uh, do verse 2 starting with verse number 2 my brethren count it all joy count it all joy count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or various temptations count it joy when you fall into various temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith works patience but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And just pause in there for a moment, if you remember one of, um, one of the prayers, I believe it was Solomon that prayed. Uh, he had some things to bring before the God, and he was asking for, 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 um, for wisdom. And nothing else is asking for wisdom. And God basically came back and said to him, because of the fact that you did not ask for you know, you know, new shoes, a new car, da 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 da, he says, I'm going to give you with, bless you with wisdom. Okay? And then because of that, God enriched him with all these other, other things. You know that Solomon was the richest man in the Bible. So what I'm saying to you is that you need to pray and ask God for wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering underline that nothing wavering let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord a double minded man is unstable in all of his ways okay so when you're asking for God to ask in faith with nothing wavering it doesn't mean that I'm having faith now and then when tomorrow morning and a little bit of pressure gets turned up on you all of a sudden your faith falls aside you can't waver You've got to keep that faith regardless of what is going on in your life or what is going on that is around you. Okay, so that a double-minded man is unstable uh, in, all his, in all his ways. Amen. So we now, now that we know more about um, hearing from God, what do you do? Well, obedience to his word, not to your thoughts or to your wants, is important. You've got to have obedience to what he tells you to do. You've got to realize what you've heard is not an option. Okay, you're praying that you want to hear from God. You're telling God, I want to hear from you. You've got to realize that this is an option. This, well, <laughs> put, it like, put it like this. There's always an option. The option is you cannot obey him. The option is you can go and do something else. That's an option. But if you want to be blessed and you want to move forward in God, you need to do what he's telling you to do. One of the things that you should do is to have a few questions to ask yourself. One question is, what does what I've heard teach me about God? Okay. So during this exercise, maybe you should jot this down. What, what, what does what I've heard teach me about God? What does what I've heard teach me about God? I'll take my time and go through these because you'll see that if you start getting your heart and your mind conditioned that when you're praying to God and you're asking to hear from God and you start hearing from God, you need to evaluate what you're hearing. What does what I've heard teach me about God? That's the first question. Another quest question is, 
what does what I've heard teach me about myself? What does what I've heard teach me about myself? About my own desires and motives? What are your motives for asking God what you're asking for? What's your motivation? Is your motive, if you're praying to God about something and your motivation is, I want to take over the world, <laughs> you know, or some, some weird thing like that, well, guess what? God most likely is not going to answer that prayer. But what's your motivation for asking God? What about my own desires? Number three, does what I've heard require that I take action? Does what I've heard require that I take action? What I've heard require that I take action. And then, and then, if so, what action should I take? Okay? If so, what action should I take? Okay? Couple more here. What do I need to confess and or repent of? That's important too. What do I need to confess and or repent of? You can't expect God to answer prayers, especially especially any kind of prayer, but especially when you've got some real deep things going on that you need answers to. He's not going to be responding to unconfessed uh, sin, you know, unrepented sin. The Word of God says that. And then the last question here is, what have I learned? What have I learned that will help me To focus on God and strive for His glory. What have I learned that will help me to focus on God and strive for His glory? What have I learned that will help me to focus on God and strive for my glory? Okay? And if you keep what you've written nearby over time, as you're praying to God and you're asking for deep spiritual revelation from Him, maybe you'll have to start reading these questions or keeping it nearby so that you're reading them and covering them. But the bottom line is that you will get the gist behind what those questions are all meaning. In other words, Lord, I'm listening to you. Lord, what am I learning about you? What am I learning about myself? Because you will start to see that when God is speaking to you and giving you various insights, you will start to understand how God works. You will. You begin to understand how God works. You begin to understand that when you behave a certain way and you're asking for this and you're doing that, you'll start getting a feel for the flow of how God acts. You know, you've heard me say, you've heard Brother Brandon say from the book many times, I know from past experience with God that if I do so-and-so and so, and I'm sure you can all think about that in your lives too. You know, from past experience with God, when you say or do or behave a certain way, that this is what God and how God responds to you. You will begin to know how God responds. And, you know, I know, for instance, if, I, if God tells me to walk around somebody with a prayer cloth three times in a circle, three times in a row, to just do it and not to question it, because that's God telling me to do it, you'll learn that that's way, the way God operates. Then you're asking yourself, then you're just saying, okay, now what, and what, I'm, what, what is what I'm hearing from you, God? What does that tell me about myself? So you'll begin, you may have to read these questions uh, when you're starting these prayers, but after a while you begin to get the flow of what they're getting at here. And it's all aimed at, how am I understanding and evaluating God's voice. 
How is it impacting me? What's it saying to me? What, what have I learned differently about God? And always, Lord God, if there's anything that I've done to offend you, if I've broken any sin and I, I re- repented and so I repent of it, cleanse you by the blood of the Lamb, etc. You can't expect God to bless you if you're harboring sin. And then what, what have I learned from what I've heard from God? Okay? You see, so, so what I'm saying to you here in closing is that if you really, really, really want to hear from God, you've got to go prepared to do whatever it is that you're hearing from God. You can't go to God and say, Lord, I'm looking for answers, but there's going to be conditions to those answers, God. You know, if you tell me, you know, that I need to get brown shoes, but I want black, I'm not going to get the brown shoes, I've got to go for the black, and so on. You've got to go there knowing that whatever I'm going to do and say, God, you tell me to do, that I'm going to wind up doing it. And then evaluating, okay, Lord, is this, where is this taking me, Lord? Are you, are you acting differently in my life? Is there something that I need to do to correct what I'm doing? Is there something that's hindering me from understanding? Is there something that I'm doing that hinders me from, from, from promptly feeling and experiencing the pull or the call of your Holy Spirit? You see, because you will get to the place when, 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 you, when, you, when you're really, really closely, closely involved with God and you're praying to Him. You will get to the place that without you needing to take time to pray for something, you will hear Holy Spirit telling you what to do. All right? And that's one of the best places to be in because then you can correct the behavior, you can stop an action on the spot without you having to be in your home, in, a, in your prayer closet, with the Bible open on your knees and praying. See, praying with God is a, is a 24-hour, 24-7 thing. And I talk about date night. Well, yeah, that's important. But I'm saying that don't just, don't, don't just leave your time of interaction with God only for those specific date nights. You've got to get to the point where you're almost in 24-7 communication with God. Where you'll get to the point where you're in the store, you're in the parking lot, in the driveway, or whatever it is, and you'll hear an unction and you don't do that, or do this, or call this person, or do that, or whatever it might be. And you've got to get to the point how ridiculous it may seem that you do it that you do it I got two gates to get to my backyard if I hear the guard tell me don't go through the gate on the left go through the gate on the right well, it was getting me to the first place to the same place I would say okay Lord I can't I don't know if that's you or not I'm going to go through the middle way I'm going to go through the front door and walk out the back door okay and avoid the gates altogether you don't want to do that okay you don't want to do that okay because God may be telling you these little things Remember I said about the foolishness of men. God may be telling you these little things to get you in the habit of simply responding to what you feel Holy Spirit telling you to do. Because the time may be coming when it may be something really critical that Holy Spirit may, may be telling you to do. It could be a life-saving thing. But because of the fact that you've gotten to the point of just putting these things off as, that's silly. Does it matter whether I go to the left gate or the right gate? That's silly. That's silly. Get in the habit of doing and following what God is telling you to do. The time may come where it could be a lifesaver for you or someone else to do exactly what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Okay? Now, to those hearing this podcast, I pray that some of you out there hearing this, this does not sound like foolishness to you, but I'm saying to you that my wife and I have lived this life for many, many years, and I'm telling you, Holy Spirit can speak to you in the middle of your tracks and just stop your action. You need to be prepared to hear God, to hear God, to hear God. Then, when you can get to that spiritual level, you'll start seeing things opening before you. You'll start really hearing from God and His, 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 His wonders and His deepest things God will start revealing to you. He's not going to reveal those things to you if he knows you're not ready or if you're, you're still um, feeding on milk from the Bible instead of requiring meat. 
one of the deeper things. He's not going to reveal the deeper things of him unless he knows that you're worthy and you're trustworthy enough and mature enough to handle those things, okay? So you can spend the, spend the rest of your life wallowing in your sorrows. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, Lord, I want to hear from you. You know, but not giving the time, the things that we talked about today, to really, 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 really wanting to connect with God. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings. Thank <laughs> you.